superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. He is the fattest man in the NFL. You are the one who does the diminishing. You, Derrick Henry, are the diminisher. I love it. Whoa. I can tell you put thought and time into this nickname. I definitely appreciate it. The Rich Eisen Show, today's guests, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer, ESPN NFL analyst, Dan Orlovsky, plus your phone calls, latest injury updates, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this second hour of the Rich Eisen Show, post-week number six in the world of the National Football League. And we are getting set for game three uh, in the ALCS tonight between the Red Sox and the Astros after they split the first two over the weekend. Astros taking game one. The Red Sox having a couple of uh, grand slams to take care of business in game number two. Tonight, it'll be uh, Red Sox-Astros from Fenway Park. Uh, on FS1, eight minutes after 8 Eastern time. And, of course, tonight on Westwood One Radio, I will be hosting the pregame festivities and halftime show of Bills at Titans to wrap up week number six in the NFL and then wrap up the uh, two-week bye weeks for uh, uh, for the Manning brothers. We'll be back next Monday when uh, when everything's all oh, yeah, right. ready for World Series action. Love it. And no baseball. It'll just be Monday night football. Um, at any rate, the worldwide leader in sports will have the Bills and the Titans on TV tonight. Um, and my guests on uh, the pregame show tonight will be Josh Allen and Derek Henry, who were both of whom appeared last week on this program. So um, the Dodgers are down in an 0-2 hole, Christopher. And, I've been watching. And uh, the Braves, despite Freddie Freeman being 0-8 with seven strikeouts, Ooh. I mean, this is as bad a slump as I've ever seen him, and he can't even connect. And yeah, he finally made contact in the his, uh, in his final at bat, bat yesterday. Last night. Just a just a lazy flyout, but it was nice More, to see. That's good enough. Bat on ball. actual contact, and so the Braves, despite all of that from just Freeman, they're up two uh, zero. Couple of walk off. Couple wins. of walk off wins. Very exciting, in my house. Now, we could just leave it at that. I can't. We could. But I can't. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. And I know, I know you're into baseball again because your Red Sox are, are yeah, yeah. have an opportunity I'm to make reborn. the World Series. And, you know, um, and Red Sox fans, this is like a dream run that you didn't see coming, which makes it even more Very unexpected. enjoyable. When there's a dream run coming and it's in your midst and you didn't see it coming, right. that's so enjoyable. And I just love that about baseball as well. What else do I love about baseball? Um, uh, gosh. Just uh, moments like the Braves being up 2-0 on the Dodgers, right? And trying mm-hmm. to redeem that bubble seven-game series loss to the Dodgers last year, right? In which they uh, had a 3-1 lead. Also, you know, I mentioned uh, the way that the Dodgers gained the LCS, you know, with um, 
Cody Bellinger, after a very long season coming through and all that stuff. I just want to be positive first before I just go, because I just can't get out of my rut watching baseball, where every single pitch at bat, out, inning, game, hour, second, minute, is just siloed. It's siloed. Strike to strike, batter to batter. That's all that matters. And I know that's the way baseball goes. Man stands at the plate all alone. It's time for what? Individual achievement. But when he's out in the field, what? Part of a team. Teamwork. It's just one of the best lines from the untouchables. I understand what baseball is. But now it's just like that's 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 all it is. Okay, I'm, I, I know on a two-and-one pitch, this is what we're going to do because we've set him up because he doesn't like that part of the hot zone and let's try and put the ball there. And then the mistake gets hit, but the mistake gets caught because we know this guy likes hitting the ball here 80% of the time. So let's put a guy in short right field. And it just, it just is tough to watch. It's tough to, it takes forever because every guy that comes up, let's check inside the cap. The pitcher looks inside the cap. Okay, because somebody's on second base. We we're, we don't want to give away our signs. So everybody's really good at that now. Maybe using whatever they're using that they shouldn't be using. So let me look at my cap. Let me step off and let me just grind every strike. Grind every out. And then let's have managers take pitchers out. Because they're four batters in, or they're five batters in. And we also don't want this hitter to face the same pitcher for a second straight at-bat. I bet you Freddie Freeman has seen eight eight different pitchers. I can check. Because I don't know, because the Dodgers keep using starters as relievers, like last night. I might be over-exaggerating, Chris, but... Well, Rich, to your point, I mean, the last night's game but took three hours, 56 it's minutes. An, it's just, an, it's not right. It's just everything is grinded to a halt because we're just not going on gut and feel. We're going in like, well, what do the analytics say? What does the math say? What does the book say? That's why every manager stands there with a booklet and a, and a pen and a red pen for this and a black pen for that, and that marker and this booklet and that binder and this thing. You know, I just kind of want the old days where – Bobby Cox is sitting next to some crazy man rocking back and forth and Leo Mazzoni. Leo Mazzoni, yeah. I want the old days where Tori, the manager, looks at his Sherpa and Zimmer and goes, what's the fourth race at Hialeah? <laughs> what's for dinner? Later? Not like what's the fourth batter do in this situation, in that situation, and look under the cap and look at the glove and look at your wristband and look at this. It takes four hours. And, uh, Into four hours. And then, and then and, you take and, a 20-game winner – and you put them in in relief in a high leverage situation rather than your actual relievers who are ready to come in, even though he's starting in game four, but he didn't throw on the side. Ah, oh, I forgot the old side work. Forgot the side work. He didn't do his usual side work just in case they did need him in a lefty versus lefty situation in a high leverage situation. And guess what he did? He spit up the lead. And I love Dave Roberts. I don't, you know, I feel like he's, again, screaming inside when he's doing this stuff. Screaming, Maybe. yelling inside. Maybe. But like we said, what other choice does he have? None. Do this and manage None. or don't None. do it and not manage? None. I mean, to Am your I, point, I Rich, there are 41 players played in last night's game. 
15 pitchers between the two teams. Because everything's siloed. It doesn't matter what problems it's now created for the Dodgers in games three, four, and five. Certainly because there's an off day. And then doesn't matter because everything's siloed. All that mattered was game two. We're not worried about Urias's start in game four. We don't care. We got to get out of the eighth because we're siloing the eighth. We got to get out of this at-bat in the eighth. We're siloing the at-bat. We got to silo the pitches based on what we read about in the book and write that down. Hold on a minute. Make that note for the next time that they come out. It's just a good Lord. Pitch ball, see ball, hit ball, catch ball. I know I sound like a dinosaur. I know it. Anybody else feel the same way? Am I alone? Okay, you feel that way, but you don't care because your team's still in it. You'll sit there for four and a half hours tonight if that's how long it takes. I mean, right? it's probably going to take longer. That's just, uh, I mean, because it, it, these games between Houston and Boston are a little different than the National League because our pitchers suck for both teams. Just, teams just mashed. There were 14 runs on Saturday. Well, I don't know. Maybe tonight will be different because there's games coming right after, right? It's tonight, Tuesday, and Wednesday, barring any right. weather delays. right. Maybe. But in these series, now when there's an off day the next day, get ready. Pack a lunch and dinner. It's going to take four and a half hours because everybody's up and active. Certainly if they haven't thrown a side pen. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's, it's I want to love it. It's just so tough to watch. It's so tough to watch. It takes forever. And everybody's like, you know, looking in the hat. They lean in. It's 15 signs because everybody's afraid of an Apple Watch on top of an iPad on top of a screen. What are they doing? Hey, I'm screwed. And now and pitchers, pitchers going like, running off the field. And they're so excited. We got that 19th strikeout out of 26 at-bats. And hold on a minute. Here's my hat. Here's my glove. Because yeah, we're now got to be out of the checkpoint. Check my belt. Just in case you're using some sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. I told you not to let me do this today, didn't I? Know, I? I know. And I even said to you, I'm like, do you, am I going to do this today? I know. Well, but as I soon mean, as you said not to let you do that, I think it was kind of the thing where we were going to let you do that. Right? <laughs> PSA pre. All right. <laughs> but do you think in the, it's when the Dodgers and Yankees played in the late 70s, 41 players didn't play in the game? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just like, let's just grind everything to a halt and check the book and check this and check that. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to make our 19th mound visit. We're going to make our 20th pitching change. We're going to look in the hat, and I'm going to stare down my uh, stare down, and someone's going to step out. And Okay, I've made my point. <laughs> but I would watch the Yankees tonight if they were in it. Uh, I would, you know. Because when you're in it, you're emotionally invested. But if you're not emotionally invested, and look, there's no fantasy league where, where I'm. I, I, I honestly, I'll I'll check it out tonight, and I'll be interested. You know, but I'll sit down for all four and a half hours. That's your job. That's that's your job, not mine. Seventy-eight World Series Game Six closeout game, Yankees win seven-two. Twenty-six players played in the game. That's it. That's, oof. Here's your answer. Wow. Eric and Fargo, you're on the Rich Eisen show. What's up, Eric? Let's take some of your calls here. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Rich. Hey, uh, quick question, um, or two things, actually. Let me say this. First of all, thank you for talking me down off the ledge for the Browns. 
Um, it, it has been a walking wounded this year. And I'm wondering, do you think there's more to Baker's injury than there actually is? Well, I, look, I, I, I don't know. All I know is he toughed it out, man. I mean, he could have been like, yeah, I can't do it. You know, let's get Case Keenum in there. The game's out of, uh, out of hand. But he got back in there. And, I mean, he's got a strong throwing heart. How about that Hail Mary? I mean, what did that go, 70 yards in the air? Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, like I, and I know that the heat will be on because he threw a terrible interception. But he did respond after the interception with a touchdown. It was a game going into halftime. It was a game coming out of halftime. But the defense is just not holding its own. The defense has had a lot of draft capital and a lot of trades and a lot of free agency moves placed in it, and the defense has been letting them down. And now the injuries are coming, and 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 it's a problem because I'm looking at the Browns' schedule right now, and then I'll let you talk, Eric. I'm sorry. Don't, I'm just don't fired up. I'm all pissed off about baseball. I'm sorry. You <laughs> called it the wrong time. Um, you know, and, and then they got the Broncos at home, and then they got the Steelers at home, and then they're at the Bengals. You don't think the jungle is going to be lit and they want to just take them to part? You know, they just oh, absolutely. Uh, so they've got they got their hands full. They better win against Denver this this Thursday. They already lost the first game of their three game homestand. They better win the next two, and then go into Cincinnati and tell them not today. You know, I think they've got the right quarterback for that. The question is, do they have the right defense and the right health? I don't know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And you know, there. Are, I think I was listening to the the telecast last week you know, against the uh, the Chargers. And, I mean, there were guys lined up on defense that hardly talked to each other because they're coming off the practice squad um, with that, too. So, But the other thing I want to talk about, I didn't get a chance to last last week because it was toward the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And, first of all, i got to tell you, the Diminisher, great nickname. Oh. Great, great. You know nickname. exactly how to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thank you. you might not after uh, – you might not like me after this. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know – I, I know that you are a great proponent of instant replay. I am. You want everything to see replay. Well, over the weekend, I had to go to instant replay. And upon further review of the Derrick Henry segment, Rich, I'm going to have to throw the flag on you. What for, happened? For taunting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't taunting. I wasn't taunting. I was celebrating. I was celebrating. You know, I was know, celebrating. There's a difference. So. There's a difference. If, oh. you'd have, if you'd have turned the chair around, and not addressed anybody, you would have not been flagged for taunting. That's you know the point. rules. Mm. Um, All right, Eric. And so okay. flag's coming, so that's going to be a 15-minute penalty. <laughs> uh, uh, TJ's going to run the show because okay. I never let him talk. <laughs> and this is your first, uh, your second. Uh, will result in your um, <laughs> My wife would be happily uh, have me uh, um, uh, disqualified yeah. for an entire three-hour show. She'll sit here. But yeah, yeah. But really, yeah. You know, my my point here is yes. that nobody knows what the hell taunting is. So, I agree. Thank you. Thank you for making it. By the way, all right. Yeah. By the way, that's it. That's I like. I like what he had way, to say. He clearly yeah. listens to the show. He clearly understands the show. He clearly understands me. He knows the way I operate, which is sometimes set somebody up just to come around and say something that they uh, they're, they're not going to like hearing. Yeah, I, I mean, that. that's that that's kind of my style right there. I I I, I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> I do. I like what he said about just letting me take over for a little bit. How yeah. about how yeah. about if the diminisher <laughs> runs for two hundred yards tonight? First time as the diminisher, he runs to just runs for two hundred yards on the Bills. What about that? I would be shocked. Oh. What if after the game he's getting interviewed and he's just like, yo, I diminish these fools. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Shout out Rich Eisen. <laughs> Shout out to Rich Eisen. Well, I got one from Stephen A. Smith today. I know. That's a good one. We'll hit that later on. 
Um, Dante in Los Angeles, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Dante? Hey, Rich. Thanks for having me again. Hope you and the boys had a great weekend. Um, I am definitely feeling your sentiments about being pissed off about baseball, but for a different reason, I think. My beloved Dodgers in a 0-2 hole at the first two games in Atlanta after two walk-offs. We're all big sports fans here. We know that we invest a lot into it, especially emotionally. So my quick two-part question for you as a New York professional sports fan. First, as a Yankees fan, how do you cope with the stress of big game situations, especially in the playoffs? And secondly, as a Jets and a um, Knicks fan, how are you able to cope with the crushingly emotional agony of the feet? Okay, well, um, here's it, – it's really all of them lumped in together in three words, uh, Dante. Uh, Brunello de Montalcino. Um, <laughs> it's, an, it's a full-bodied red wine, um, and boy, it, it's, it pairs excellently with pasta, um, occasionally uh, with uh, sports losses. It pairs perfectly with that. That's the way I numb myself, the old five o'clock somewhere situation. So, yeah, uh, I would, uh, you know, and I, I think is, is Dave Roberts a red wine drinker? Or some, I think there's got to be some red wine drinkers be, yeah. on, on the Dodgers. Look, it, it, here's, oh, here's the thing, and thanks for the call, just to put a button on this whole thing here. Am I too old school to say whatever you did to get to the playoffs you do in the playoffs can we all agree on that there's a a tendency breaker that you could pop out a surprise play that you can pop out sure that's great because you've set the stage to try and run a little okie doke but when you go ahead and take your 20 game winner and throw him in a high leverage relief situation for the first time all year in game two on the road you're asking for it just go with the flow. Don't go for the cheese of lefty, lefty, this number, that number. No, my gut says we did this all season long. Let's do it again. What's so out of the realm about that? Is that just ignoring the odds that would be in your favor, your head's in the sand, because you don't understand? No, I do not understand. Am I really out of the realm to say it does not compute? Now, I also said, why are you opening with Knable and then go into, what, Gratterall, and then you go to Urias, and you won that game five against the Giants when I was, like, saying, what are you doing? And the Giants go and they throw Webb, Logan Webb, for seven strong, and they lost. But that worked, too. It was, it was tied. By the way, did you hear Scherzer said his arm was dead he because said, he closed? He said he had dead arm, yeah. Pedro called that in the postgame before Pedro Scherzer, Scherzer does, spoke. Does he know or what? Yeah. Let's take a break. Albert Breer is next here on the Rich Eisen Show. His two cents on what we saw in Dallas and what's going on with the Raiders and so much more for week number six. Albert Breer and more of your phone calls and overreaction Monday lurk. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least 
The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, still to come, Dan Orlovsky of ESPN, Overreaction Monday, and so much more from Sports Illustrated and the MMQB, my longtime friend and former NFL Media Group colleague, uh, none other than Albert Breer back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Albert? I'm good, Rich. How you doing? What's your biggest takeaway from week six so far, right now? Um, You know, I... It's tough because I feel like we had a couple exciting ones like Carolina, Minnesota, and New England, Dallas. I don't know if there was like a huge takeaway the way. Um, you know what I would say? I would say like the, the big takeaway is that it's a long season. Um, you know, because I, I think there are a couple teams that we saw early in the year, and I think we all got really excited about them. And now you're seeing them level off a little bit. And so, you know, now I think you're seeing like the challenge for some of these teams that. Um, looked like they were headed in the right direction. So Carolina be one. Um, I was bullish on them at three and zero. They've lost three in a row now, and you know Christian McCaffrey's hurt, so they're one. Um, Cleveland, I think, is not another obvious one. They're sitting there at three and three. I don't think a few weeks ago anybody, any of us would have seen that. You know, and then the Chargers really take it on the chin yesterday, um, going cross country and, and 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 playing a really really good Baltimore team. You know, coming off of. You know, I think one of the biggest ones they've had in a couple of years in beating the Browns um, at home. And so I, I'd say that's probably like my biggest blanket takeaway is that, um, you know, like a lot of the teams that we, we got excited about over the first month of the season have sort of leveled off a little bit. And, you know, the other thing I think is pretty obvious, you look across the league, I think we, we have one undefeated team in the Cardinals, right? And then beyond that, like I, how many one-loss teams are there left? Baltimore, Buffalo plays tonight. Um, there aren't a lot of them, 
right? Like, right. So you got you got, the I, cow, I, you got the Cowboys, you got the Rams right. with one loss, and obviously the Buccaneers, just the one yeah, loss. Yeah, so it's like, it's, it, I mean, I, that, that just feels like a relatively small number, right? Six teams that um, are either 6-0 and or 5-1. and one. Um, So it just maybe sort of speaks to, you know, I, I think maybe after six weeks we still haven't figured everything out, you know, which is, um, which is probably the way it is every year. It should be, no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, so it, it's amazing. The obviously our, our focus in the national media changes from week to week, day to day. And you know, John Gruden was the story last week. Uh, <laughs> Urban Meyer came up with his first career win as an NFL head coach. It happened in London in a game that the Jaguars came from behind a couple of times to win. Um, so his job is now. Are, are we just placing everything aside that the Khan family and Urban Meyer survived all of that? And that the plan just yeah. remains the same? Is that the way it goes? I mean, I, I just think, you know, I honestly, Rich, I, I just, I, like, I didn't buy that he was going to walk away um, at this point just because I, I think, like, the, the two sides have too much invested in one another for it to be, to, to come undone that quickly, right? Like, and I know everything that happened, and, you know, obviously that Friday night in Columbus wasn't a good one for Perp Urban, and, um, you know, the fallout from it, you know, I don't think that was great either. Um, but you know, I, I you know, I, 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 you just have to look at like the level of investment the two sides had in one another, and that um, you know, for the Khan family, it wasn't just hiring a coach; it was almost like you were hiring his program, his way. You know, and they invested so much in the staff and changing the way they do sports science, training, and strength, and everything else. And um, you know, they're building a hundred and fifty million dollar practice facility uh, because he took, he asked them to. You know, and so there's a massive investment. Um, from the Khan family to, to, to bring Urban Meyer in there. You know, and then I think what people miss on Urban is that when he left Ohio State and Florida, I, <laughs> I mean, he has achieved like a high, high level of success in both those places. And so, you know, I after, if Florida was after two national titles and Ohio State was after one, um, he's never really left anywhere with his tail between his legs, you know. And it's just, you know, knowing a little bit about the guy – just like I had a hard time reckoning with the idea that he would just walk away that way without having done anything, you know? And so um, if he completely lost the locker room, that'd be one thing, because I do think that's something he's acutely aware of. And he knows that if he loses the locker room, he's got no chance. But I think absent that, um, I don't think he was going to walk away. And by the way, like, I also really don't think he's going back to college. And I think that, you know, one thing people are missing the mark on that is, just I don't think he wants to recruit anymore. You know, like I don't think he wants to do that part of the job anymore. So um, I think they've, to, to some degree, weathered the storm here. And, you know, that doesn't mean he's going to be there in like 2023. I don't know that. Um, you know, but I don't think that there's going to be like this quick hook with the Khan family, um, you know, and their handling of Urban over the next, over, over the course of this season at least. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. So we handled the Jacksonville side of the final London game of the year. The Dolphins, if it wasn't for an ill-timed Damian Harris Patriot fumble in week one, the Dolphins would be right next to the Lions in the winless department right now, Albert. So Tua had 300 yards passing, but another loss for the Dolphins, and the trade deadline is right around the corner. Are you hearing anything on the Deshaun Watson front at all right now and what the Dolphins might be thinking on that? Right now, I'm not, but you know, I know that they've monitored it, and um, you know, I, you know, I, I think it's 
it's obvious that that's something that would have to rise to the ownership level, you know, because of the sensitivity of it. Um, you know, my guess, my guess, Rich, would be that, like, there, there's going to be exploratory phone calls one way or the other. Um, you know, between the four two teams that we've talked about, the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Panthers, and the Broncos, um, and, 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 and then the Texans, whether it happens from one side or the other before the November 2nd trade deadline. I don't think Nick Casario is budging much um, in, in wanting to get his price. And, um, you know, understanding that a lot of how his time in Houston sets up is going to be framed by what happens with Deshaun Watson and what he's able to get back for Deshaun Watson. And I'm not sure any of these teams are willing to pay full price right now. So, um, you know, I think the likelihood is that the Dolphins finish the season with Tua. To me, what's so interesting about it is, you know, you look at the progress that Brian Flores and Chris Greer made over their first two years. And now they're taking a step back. And what to me is like worse than the step back and the stuff that you really have to pay attention to is, you know, all these guys they had, all these, all these picks they've had, right? Like, and they, they, they tore the thing down, right? They tore the thing down and, 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 and we're going to build it back up with all of these draft picks. Well, they drafted the left tackle out of, out of USC, Austin Jackson, right? Now he's playing guard. He moved over to guard. They've got their second round pick from this year, Liam Eikenberg, playing left tackle. Um, you know, they drafted a corner out of Auburn um, last year in the first round. He's not playing much. They draft Tua, and Tua's been okay, but they draft him in front of Justin Herbert, which really could leave a mark long-term on the franchise. And so you look at that, and then you look at the players they traded away, and it's Minka Fitzpatrick, who's become an all-pro in Pittsburgh, and it's Laramie Tunsil, who may be the best left tackle in the league for Houston. And so, like, if I'm, you know, Dolphins ownership, that's sort of how I'm analyzing all of this and how I'm looking at all of this. And I'm saying, you know, where we were two years ago, where we were three years ago, we're better off now. And have they taken all this capital they picked up? Because they did a great job of, like, just basically accumulating capital. And have they turned it into a bunch of good football players? And I think that's sort of how Brian Flores and Chris Greer are going to be evaluated going forward. And the one thing, the one thing, that could change the dynamic altogether, you know, and make maybe some good players look great is bringing an elite quarterback in there. So I don't think anybody's in the hot seat yet or anything like that. But if you come out of this year and you're Brian Flores and Chris Greer and you think two is just okay and you know you're going into year four and you're probably not going to get a year five if you don't make the playoffs in year four, maybe that's where you make the move and you try to strike with a move for either Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that. Albert Bree here on the Rich Eisen Show. The Zach Ertz acquisition by Arizona caused me to just point out, well, look at the fast dismantling of the Eagles championship team and how you need to win now and look around the room and know that this is a moment in time that you're probably not going to get back. That's what the NFL is all about. And so the question is, is Arizona, is this their time? I mean, what a win by them yesterday without their head coach yeah. and play caller. I know you wrote about it. Is this the Cardinals moment in time, Albert? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're in a nice window now. Um, and, you know, they're sort of where, I mean, to me, it's like that rookie contract window with a guy who's really emerging as a franchise quarterback where you're getting franchise quarterback level of, of, of play from a guy and you're paying him, you know, like he's, you know, still a young player. And that's where the Chiefs were with Mahomes, and that's where you know, the Rams were early on with Goff when they were able to spend and be really aggressive. Um, that's where the Eagles were with Carson Wentz, you know, when they went to Super Bowl. I know he didn't play, but 
um, you know, that's where they were, um, you know, just from a team building standpoint. So the the Cardinals are in that window now, and it's part of why they've been able to be aggressive in bringing veteran players in. And um, you know, just talking to like Vance Joseph and texting back and forth with Cliff a little last night, um, it was kind of like I went back to like conversations I had with all those guys in the summer about how they really felt like they were close last year. And you know, one of the things that Cliff's has sort of brought up over and over again is how. You know, seven wins last year might have been 10 or 11 if the team was better situationally and played smarter and was, you know, kind of handled itself in winning situations better. And that was why they went out and they got J.J. Watt and Rodney Hudson and Colt McCoy um, and A.J. Green and, and all these guys who, you know, are mature players, who've been in the league for a long time, who have played for playoff teams. And so, you know, I think that that really showed up for those guys over the weekend where, I mean, I mean, just sort of like, you know, all hell breaking loose and just a weird situation where you're going, you know, I'm playing on the other side of the country um, and you're 5-0 and and you're playing against a really good team that's, um, you know, coming off of a loss. And, um, you know, like it's maybe the spot where you stub your toe. And, I mean, I think you could argue the Cardinals instead came through with the best performance of the season. I think for all those guys, it was really a point of pride just because, absent the head coach, absent the quarterback's coach, absent Chandler Jones, who you could argue is maybe their best player, um, they were able to go in there and the players were able to kind of take ownership of the team again. And I think you saw like a real sign of the maturity of the group, which, um, yeah, it, again, it has to make guys like Cliff Kingsbury and, and Steve Kahn feel really good um, to see that, you know, the thing that they really look to shore up in the offseason is coming through for them. Albert Breer here, a few more minutes left with the scribe of the MMQB, Sports Illustrated, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So much attention being paid to the hot mic picked up of Aaron Rodgers letting the Soldier Field fans <laughs> know, or one particular is flipping him the double bird, know that he still owns them. Yeah. Um, but the soundbite that, that I heard that uh, I kind of picked up on was when he was asked about this potentially being his last game at Soldier Field, he said he didn't think so. He kind of said that, you know, that it wasn't maybe his last game at Soldier Field, which caused me to say, like, do the Broncos play the NFC North next year? <laughs> or, or could this five-game win streak, right? Yeah, the Steelers play the NFC North, uh, NFC North next year? Uh, I, you know, I, I'm like, um, so my question is, is like, you know, is this five-game win streak showing what everybody – thought which is like this is the best marriage and the Packers yeah. should just ditch whatever above beyond the steering wheel plan that they were hatching in the 2020 draft and planning to turn to at some point just screw it like look yeah I mean is that, are we I there mean, do you think we're there I mean what you, know, you, you know what Rich like it's funny you say that because I hadn't seen that particular soundbite but I actually like Sort of the correlation, that, like what, what kind of like came up in my what popped in my head when I saw the video the first time of him, you know, kind of like shouting in the end zone. It was almost like, <laughs> I, I, it's weird. It's like almost like a school pride there. You know what I mean? I don't know the right word to like. I I, I don't know the right term to describe, it, but almost like kind of like a like this is a rival. This is a huge rivalry, and. I own you. You know what I mean? Like, and it was more than just a player to me. Like it kind of came off as more than just Aaron Rodgers saying, I always come in here and kick your ass. It's like, we own you. You know what I mean? Like, and it's sort of like, I, my read on it was like, and you could see the way his teammates were right there with him. And it just, 
I mean, if I'm a Packer fan, I'm looking at that and I like, wait a second, like that does not look like the guy who was aloof and they couldn't find him, you know, over the course of the off season. And he's off in Hawaii and you know, living the life of a celebrity. Like that's a guy who looks like he's pretty engaged yeah. in like Packers business, right? And Packers business is that rivalry. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's no question. It's a, um, you know, I think there's no question. Like you have to feel good about that. And it was something like me and you talked about, I think in July, like, I mean, maybe there's part of him that's like looking at this and saying to himself, you know what, this isn't so bad. We've lost all these guys to injury and we've still got good players out there. And I'm having another year that looks like it's going to be a career year. And like, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe there's just that part of it where like, you know, he went through confronting exiting the place and now he's back in the place and it's maybe caused him to look around a little bit more intently yeah. and see that for all its flaws, maybe there are a lot of things that are right about the place. You know what I'm saying? That's what it looks like to me right now, Albert. They've won five in a row, um, you know, and we could go, you know, we could go back and forth as to which team is the best. You know, I opened the show by saying Cowboys haters, the the sooner they realize the Cowboys are fielding a Super Bowl contending team, the better. Obviously, the Bucs are your defending champs and Brady's playing as as well as he's ever played. The Rams kept pace with Arizona that, you know, that's your your NFC right now. The Packers have a shot to win this thing just like anybody else. Certainly the Bills tonight, we could go on and on. But to me, it just shows, again, you know, Cobb is playing well, and that was his maneuvering, yeah. his his button push right there. And again, the, the exact quote is, was, I, I, I don't know if this is my last one. You know, I'll tell you Soldier what, Field. Like, I, you know, you know well, I, I, I hate to jump in there, Rich, but I think Matt LaFleur deserves credit. Another too. one, too, because he, he's got it. You know, I mean, it's my, not like the two of them are – are learning each other's system. Now, this is year three after two 13-win seasons. Like, this is – it's kind of set up for him. It's the way it kind of looks like. like, It's funny. Like, when I've talked to Matt in the past about this, like, you know, we always laugh about, like, how – but the question at first was, like, whether or not, like, the system was going to work for him and, like, were they going to butt heads and where was their relationship. And, I mean, as it turns out, the weird thing is, is, like, that's the one relationship that was, like, holding this thing together you know, in the summer, like that was the one relationship that was really making this work. And I think Matt did a great job of navigating, you know, his relationships, of course, with the people in the front office and the people who, you know, the, the, the people who are signing his checks, um, you know, with the, you know, relationship he has, it's the most important relationship that he'll have in his job, which is his relationship with his quarterback. And so I think Matt's done an incredible job um, you know, really kind of navigating that. And even like you bring up Randall Cobb, which I think is such an interesting key. It's like a lot of coaches might have like looked at that and said, well, I, I, you know, like that guy's washed up and like, I don't like, like this was forced on me. And no, I mean like Matt, Matt, like, you know, viewed it as like, okay, like this guy makes, you know, you're, you're comfortable throwing to this guy and let's see what he has left. And they've gotten a lot out of him. You know what I mean? Like, so like even something like that, like where it's like, you know, I think some coaches, maybe their natural instinct would be to kind of push back on a player forcing an acquisition like that. Matt's all in on it. And Matt's, you know, saying, like, like, no, bring him on and we'll find a way to use him. And if he makes you more comfortable, then we'll get him out there. And so I think, like, part of, the, like, a part of that is, like, a lot of, like, what Aaron was looking for was, like, the quote-unquote partnership, right? And I think in subtle ways, maybe he's getting some of those things now in Green Bay. And, again, I think that's a great credit to the job Matt LaFleur has done 
I mean, to me, you always hear that, that, that term, like emotional intelligence. Like, I think Matt's shown a lot of that in, in his handling of the situation. Yeah, the quote was, I don't think this was my last one, but I've enjoyed every single one of them, which is also my, <laughs> my way of saying goodbye to you, Albert, and this is not your last one. I've enjoyed every single time you've been on the show. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it, Rich, and I, and I always enjoy coming on. Okay, Albert, appreciate it. Thanks so much. That's Albert Breer, the MMQB. Check it all out, the senior NFL reporter, my buddy, Bert, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Wanted to... Get him off the air before he started mentioning the Red Sox in Ohio State, and I started feeling differently about him. <laughs> yeah, I was start. I was always wonder where that I is. I love Albert. I love Albert. <laughs> Albert's one of my favorites. Yeah, everyone's talking about I own you, you own me. I, no way, you don't own me, right? When asked about his last game in Soldier Field, is this it? "Quote: I don't think this is my last one, but I have enjoyed every single one of them." Does the AFC West or AFC North play the NFC North last year? Next year, he is so next level that he would know that. Brockman, what is, what's the Steelers' schedule next year? They do what's not play the uh, NFC North. What about the Broncos? Stand by. Look at us stirring the pot. I mean, you guys. I mean, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> the Broncos play the AFC East oh, for yeah. their for their seventeenth game. No, I mean, it's not that. It's the, 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 yeah, they, they have to play the other schedule. Yeah, what's the other one? I don't worry. We'll take a break right here. In the check the Saints. Oh, they play the West. They play the West. Check. Yeah, they play the NFC West next Ooh. year. Yeah, oh, check the Saints too, bro. Yeah, West? Okay, Saints, Saints. Hey, dude. No, no, no. That's I'm no great. way. Hey, Rich, no I'm just saying. Way, Jose. The Saints would have to literally give part of their yeah. lease to the Smoothie King Center. Wouldn't it be worth it? They might have to give the place what? for the beignets. Where's the uh, be worth it, Chris? Place? They might have to give that the to Saints, the, uh, the Saints. What's it called? Cafe Dumont. Seventeenth game next year. Yeah. Yeah. Is the NFC North? Oh. But it's at home. That wasn't me making the declaration. No, not, that was a no, bug. He's confused. He's confused. He's totally confused over there. But we'll take a break. No, I'm we'll not. Say, <laughs> you the are because extra game, Rich, is against the NFC North. Yeah, but. That, who is the Saints? Yes. No, the, the, you play a seventeenth game is against a team from another conference, Chris. You're looking at what their regular, what they normally do. The NFC South plays the NFC North every single year. Yeah, we'll take a break. That's that next, end. right here on the Rich Eisen Show. More of your phone calls, and we'll set up for Dan Orlovsky and Overreaction Monday. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. 
Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. I apologize to you, Chris. This year, the 17th regular season game that has been added, you know, soon it won't be added anymore. It was interconference. Uh, I guess next year they're staying in conference because right. the, the 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 Saints next year play the NFC West in its entirety, and in conference they don't play the NFC South. It's whichever team in the NFC North has the same finisher has the same finisher as them. They're Ooh. in. So they would need the Packers to slip to second, maybe, yeah, yeah. and then. The, he's, but, but it's a dumb thing that he's not going to the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I want to say this um, because this was an incredibly impressive win, and they're now five and one. And the fact that they're five and one is unbelievable. Let's not forget that the Baltimore Ravens lost pretty much anybody who runs the football that they were expecting to be at the top of their depth chart right before the outset of the season, including Marcus Peters too. J.K. Dobbins gone, Gus Edwards gone. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards one two on their on their depth chart. Marcus Peters gone. And now you got to go to Las Vegas and you lose a heartbreaker in overtime in a wild game and you're now 0-1 and you're wondering what the hell's happening and that's their only loss of the season. And it looked like they were going to lose in Detroit and they got that 66-yarder that bounced through and we also saw what happened last week, 19-point comeback on, uh, on, on Monday Night Football, exercising whatever demons might have been losing in overtime on Monday Night Football in week number one. Ravens went into their home building yesterday on a short week and dispatched the Los Angeles Chargers back to Los Angeles with dispatch. This thing was over before it started. I mean, Herbert couldn't get anything going. Nothing. He had one of his best drives of the day was the first drive of the day. And then the Ravens got a a pretty good call on their first drive of the day on a spot of a football on a third down, and then the Ravens basically said, well, it was so tough to maybe convert that third down. Let's just not have any third downs at all. (laughs) Okay? Let's just have no third downs. It was all working. And Lamar Jackson versus Justin Herbert is kind of like, okay, young buck. (laughs) Because he's more veteran than Justin Herbert, don't forget. Right. And, you know, he just... I mean, that was impressive. Le'Veon Bell scored a touchdown for the Ravens yesterday. Where number 17? That happened yesterday. Okay. Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown and the rest of the running, you know, game and Lamar and the defense. I mean, don't forget that Monday night. The reason why they were down 19 is because Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor were doing whatever they wanted to do, and you figured Justin Herbert would come in with Austin Eckler and it would be the same similar thing within the area code at least, and it wasn't even in the same planet. Ravens have taken their adversity and bonded over it. And Lamar Jackson is a bona fide, have to talk about it, have to include it, no matter what Josh Allen does tonight against the Tennessee Titans. MVP candidate for another time in his career. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about polls for this week, Rich. MVP is going to be later this week. Let's do that. We will. 
so much more to talk about, including the fact that Patrick Mahomes had two more turnovers and then had two touchdowns. And the Chiefs defense tightened, stiffened. Is that because Taylor Haneke is kind of like, you know, turning back into a pumpkin a little bit here? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But the Chiefs again were turning the ball over again. And Mahomes had an, an an insanely risky flip that got picked off right before the end of the first half where they could have gone into halftime tied at 13 apiece. But Butker didn't get a shot at the field goal because Mahomes turned it over again. And they're down 13-10, and they scored the last 21 unanswered. And they're back to 500. They're at the Titans next week. That's a tough one for them. But Darrell Williams, two touchdowns from the running game, and, you know, Kelsey did his thing, and Hill looked like he wasn't going to go, and then he went. Big W for Kansas City. They're 3-3. and They're no longer in the cellar of the AFC West right now. Doesn't appear not by themselves anymore. But they're three and three. Broncos three and three. Just only a game out of first. How fast things can change in the world of football. One week to the next. One week, you're like a genius because you're totally plugged in on when to go for it on fourth down, no matter how deep in your own end, you're a genius. And then this week it's Brandon Staley's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Difference between winning and losing in the NFL. Chargers still the same team, though. They're on a bye week, and you got the Ravens doing their thing, getting the top the AFC North at 5-1. and one. Mm-mm-mm. Can the Bills join them there tonight? We'll talk about that in hour number three. 